1: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown!
0: This time going deep for Beckham junior gonna catch it! He did! hello everyone welcome back to road of his overtime and road of his radio brought to you by indeed and betonline.ag my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime Ireland. joined again by sean siegel as we get ready for week eight of the nfl season it's hard to believe sean we're we're already at that kind of halfway point uh, and we're past the halfway point if we're looking basically in, in most fantasy league circles so things are really starting to head up, heat up now we're getting ready for that playoff push we need to to make sure we're making those right decisions to head on and get ourselves a championship Uh, We're also going to be joined on today's show by Dave Kavan, giving us a clip. We're going to go through some of his questions and his thoughts uh, in just a couple of moments. But Sean, as we do at the start of all shows, how are you doing now?
2: Fantastic. I think week eight is shaping up to be the best yet. And we've had a lot of great weeks already this season. I'm excited to see if my teams can get through the bye week for the Arizona Cardinals. Have a lot of Kyler Murray, have a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. Those guys have been carrying us and yet... It's fun to move over some players and some of the guys that we have been sort of waiting on stashing, uh, looking forward to this week in particular, Cincinnati Bengals, players like Joe Burrow, uh, T. Higgins, A.J. Green, guys who can fill in this week for all of our Cardinals and Jaguars on the bye. I think that will be fun. It's also been a big week, I think, for Rodoviz in that... Uh, Frequent listeners, they know about the tools. They know that the tools are unlike anything else that's out there, but we also had a flood of subscriptions this past week because Mike Beers unveiled his GPS matchup Raider, which uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, it shows you how wide receivers are faring against specific defenses they're facing. It shows you how running backs are facing against the styles of defense that they are facing. And it's really fantastic for making those Key start sit decisions, and then obviously putting together your DFS lineup and our DFS optimizer tool from Anthony Shook has also been upgraded in the last couple of weeks. The DFS guys and Matt Jones and Michael Dubner doing a great job using those tools to put together winning DFS lineups for you. Mark Wimkin obviously also doing a great job, and so you know we have all the waiver wire stuff from Curtis. We've got the great buy low. Articles from Sam Wall. So we've got the must-read strength and numbers from Jack Miller. It's just been a lot of fun looking at the different things that we have on the site and the different developments mid-season. So if you're out there, you know, trying to decide whether or not it's worth it for the playoff push, uh, if you need to to make that correct decision, if you need to add that last guy for your lineup, if you have say for elite wide receivers, Blair and I, uh, people who have been following our travails know that we don't have really any running backs. We do score some points uh, every week with some people we just pick up off the wire and and week eight offers a lot more opportunities with running backs continuing to go down. But we've had some massive games on the bench the last couple of weeks with AJ Brown being there this past week. The previous week, we had Julio Jones on the bench. Both of those uh, 25 plus with Julio was more than that. And so if you're in a situation where you have five, six wide receivers, we every week have a top 15 wide receiver on the bench, plus another top 20 wide receiver on the bench. If you're in a, a shallower league, perhaps, and you're loaded trying to decide what direction to go in, you know, get on the site, check out that GPS matchup radar tool. Uh, it'll, it'll really open your eyes in terms of all the information that's out there that can help you figure out specifically what guys even out of your stars, to start this week.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Mike. Mike just does an unbelievable job with the tools. I know we've mentioned it loads of times before. You'll hear me saying it loads of times again in the future. Mike is just one of the best in the business. at what he does, and the, the tools are phenomenal. So I'd highly recommend you head over and over check that. Sean mentioned a number of different pieces, a number of different writers. The team... Uh, has always been good at rotoviz but this season in particular sean like and i know you'll agree it's just it's stacked from top to bottom just so much quality so much good content and i guess i usually do it at the end of the show but we'll bring it in here now you can get that and save yourself 10 percent by using the code 2020 rv radio at checkout when you're getting a subscription to the website so get all that content and also get it at a 10 percent reduced rate uh, if you want to find out more information you can also go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information on that but when we look uh, at at what we're going to do to start the show we 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 held back sean on on tuesday so we wanted to talk about the Bengals. we wanted to talk more about some of these offenses that are really explosive based on what happened this past week we want to talk about the cardinals even though they're on a bye week uh, so much we want to do. We're going to do that now because uh, Dave Cabin off the the flagship show here on Road Radio, along with uh, Matt Freeman, uh, is going to ask us a couple of questions here. We're going to give our thoughts. And I, I've had a sneak peek. I obviously have a little bit of information about what the the topic going to be, but uh, we have we have to check it out. Uh, so, Dave, uh, take it away.
1: Hey guys, this is Dave. Uh, I love this show, so I'm glad to get to uh, pose a couple of questions for you guys. Coming off of last night's game. The thing that I'm really curious about is, do we think the production that is coming from the Cardinals wide receiver core sustainable? Christian Kirk now has two games of solid production granted against the Cowboys. Only three targets somehow turned that into two touchdowns and then another two touchdown game. This was on eight targets. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is a monster. Larry Fitzgerald looks like he might stay involved. Is this sustainable? I'm also curious as to what you guys make of the cincinnati Bengals wide receiver core moving forward tyler boyd has been fantastic aj green is coming back to life and friedman and i on our show practically uh scratched his name off i believe a couple of weeks ago but he's proven it wrong can he keep that going and then with green and boyd producing what does that make for t higgins Is this a wide receiver core that could be sustainable for the rest of the season? If not, I'm curious, what are the wide receiver cores that uh, you guys project for the rest of the season where they can have two, maybe even three players sustain production throughout the course of the season? Uh, We're starting to get to the point injuries are really becoming something that are making fantasy managers lives hard. People are looking for teams that they can turn to to find wide receiver production. So let us know those teams that we can rely on as things progress. Again, love the show. And I hope that you guys have done very well to this point with your fantasy team so far and that you had a good week seven already looking forward to week eight. Thanks, guys so sean there like we mentioned it on the the show earlier this week there's a lot of teams
0: who are looking very potent when it comes to offense this season there's a lot of teams that are looking like they might be on the breakout of them big performances on a weekly basis and then there's other offenses that are very concentrated and where those uh fantasy points are going which makes it really good when we can we can dive into those as well but a couple of teams there obviously mentioned by dave uh the the Bengals and the cardinals um one of the players who i mightn't have been as positive about coming into the nfl as a rookie like i had players that i really did like uh, that we've talked about a number of times on the show but t higgins probably was just a little bit below those for me um so in terms of dynasty i haven't uh, a huge amount of, of shares of him but once things started to look good in terms of those redraft leagues and dfs and things like that i i jump i think it was pretty much the first game he played he just looks so good he looks so big kind of has a reminds me of that body of kind of aj brown who we've seen have those big performances He's just bigger and stronger than a lot of the cornerbacks that he's going to go and match up against um he's looked good we all know tyler Boyd's is one of the, the, the podcast favorites here um and they just they look so good borrow is you know looking pretty pretty good so far as a rookie he's not afraid to to go downfield with the ball so i guess uh, we'll go with the Bengals for sean but rest of season um we all know aj green is not aj green anymore uh but with uh, t higgins and tyler boyd it looks very positive for for this offense moving forward
2: yeah and the Bengals offense has been a real bounty for wide receivers in that the volume has been enough for all of them. And I think there are reasons to believe that's going to continue, right? They're number one in expected points. To receivers they're number one in targets to wide receivers they're number two in pass plays per 60 minutes and number three in pass plays per 60 in a neutral script so even in situations where they're not playing from behind and trying to catch up they are fairly pass heavy and in part because their defense is not particularly good and they know that even if they're in decent shape right now they're going to need to continue to score points if they're going to win those games If they're going to be in those games at the end now it could actually end up being even a little bit better than it's been so far. They're number eight in actual scoring to wide receivers because unlike most of the other teams at the top of that list, they're negative in fantasy points over expectation. But as you pointed out, that's largely the A.J. Green effect, right? Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, they're combined for plus 25 fantasy points over expectation. Green is at minus 33. That's almost double any other wide receiver in the NFL. So in order to do that, you you have to get a lot of targets, which Green is doing. And he's bounced back a little bit in the last couple of weeks. And during that time period where his peripherals were okay, and, and really by peripherals, I just mean that they're throwing him the ball and he's not doing anything <laughs> with it. I made a couple of moves to add him when he was cheap, when he was dropped at the very worst of it in one of our main events, Curtis and I bid to make sure we could sort of block Some of the other teams in our league and we could go for uh, this week eight where we have five guys on the bye this week at at wide receiver and still will will roll out for wide receivers and two of those guys will be green and Higgins. And so we were looking for this week in particular I like this team to continue to do it. I think that Tyler Boyd is the best slot receiver in football. You know, we were talking about how he's really the guy to buy instead of those Rams receivers. If you want a, a somewhat similar profile, but someone who's cheaper and will we'll fill in all of those points. Another thing that we're looking at here with the Bengals, they're bottom 10 in targets to tight ends. And so Dave talked about what offenses can we really focus on the wide receivers and perhaps get points from multiple guys. One of the things that we want, you're going to need a team that needs to pass a lot. You're going to need a quarterback who's willing to throw it up there. Burrow has proven that he can do that as a rookie. You're going to need a team with a bad defense, and then you're going to need a team that doesn't lose a lot of targets to the tight end and running back positions as a whole. If your team is toward the bottom and targets two tight ends, which we actually see from a handful of the teams we're going to talk about here, that's going to be a positive in terms of how much volume is left over because we know that even for these teams who need to pass a lot because of what they else they do on offense and because their defense is bad, there's still a limit to the total number of passes you're going to have in any particular game. And so if we're splitting off those targets to the tight ends as well, then you know, There's just a lot of risk in any particular game that your guy is not going to have volume. We unfortunately saw that a little bit with Chase Claypool and the Steelers this last week. But when we're looking at some of the guys here, we're looking at teams that don't pass to the tight end. The Arizona Cardinals, Dave mentions Christian Kirk. They're another team that fits that category.
0: Yeah, and like you know, when you look at it, uh, similar to like maybe the the Seahawks. There, we talked about them on on the show earlier in the week. But when the offense has been concentrated to through those two wide receivers, and there's other supplementary pieces around that, and there is tight ends, but you know when the target share is going to be so low that those two guys then can get all the work, and it's like we're looking at the Bengals. We have the two wide receivers and tyler boyd and t higgins and then we have aj green where they're basically as three of them getting pretty much the whole pie in terms of the target share and that's allowing them all to have that success then when we look at the cardinals they're probably they're not very similar but if you look at the way it's been split out they don't really have a, a tight end they're bo- they have darren Ar- arnold uh, but they have uh, bottom three and targets to tight end and then we're seeing them really go after hopkins with the high volume but then we're seeing those efficient targets go the way off christian kirk we've seen that and isabella come in as well but those guys they're not getting a huge target share but they're being a very efficient with the work that they're getting um and and i think that like kirk is the one that i've always thought was going to come to this level the question dave asked was can he be as efficient as he has been over the last two weeks i think the answer to that is no uh, but if we can get some more of that volume going his way um, I think that he can do it on a sustained basis in terms of producing fantasy points, but not at the, the consistent level of receptions to touchdowns that he's done over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've seen it when Hopkins was with the Texans that sometimes that led to less opportunities then for the guys around him, just because he was such a, a volume hog in terms of the targets. Do you see the likes of Kirk being able to come up and, you know, not be, I don't think it's going to be a one, a one B situation, but can, hopkins be the clear number one and, and kirk then be the clear number two or is he going to have a situation where he's always battling with somebody like an isabella uh to to make sure that he can get that sustained uh, target share
2: i think he's going to be the clear number two he's just been too good in the past even with the injuries if he hadn't had the injuries the first two years in the nfl we'd be looking at him in a very different light and the exciting thing here is this offense is developing in a similar way to what we saw with deshaun watson and the texans where will fuller was then a very explosive compliment to hopkins you knew he wasn't going to get the same volume but unless you were loaded and had say you know four or five top 15 wide receivers on your roster and we're trying to make those decisions then kirk or fuller would become a very palatable fill-in especially in deep league's during the bye weeks someone who could put up a big number for you at any time because when teams are focusing on Hopkins and what he brings to the table it's very difficult to also cover someone like Kirk who is a well above average number two and now we're starting to see the volume right so the Cardinals number five in expected points wide receivers number six in points number five in targets the Cardinals the thing that's a little bit iffy perhaps is the total play volume in the passing game, but a lot of that is due to the fact that some of the the called passes turn into Murray scrambles, and I think that that's okay, right? But when you look at what they're doing in terms of play volume, they're number two in seconds per snap, they're number one in no huddle, they're number five in total plays per sixty, which I think that that's encouraging. You might look at it and say, well, the overtime. They're playing more plays because of that. But they're number five in the NFL in terms of total plays for 60 minutes. So the volume is there. The Murray scrambles are positive. He's getting you first downs. He's keeping the offense on the field. He's putting them into the red zone and one of the things that we've seen both from hopkins and from kirk and i think is the exciting part of this offense is that they can score from distance which isn't necessarily the case for all NFL teams as a result deandre hopkins plus 26 in terms of fantasy points over expectation kirk plus 20 obviously they both scored uh, this past week murray has missed guys Inside the 10, he made several very bad passes the previous week, missing Larry Fitzgerald wide open in the end zone. He did airmail Andy Isabella in this week's 7 game, leading to a bad interception. But things are, are taking in a positive direction for the Cardinals. And even though Murray has been very scattershot as a passer, I think what we're now seeing with Christian Kirk emerging is going to be the thing that they need to take this offense to the next level. Last year, when they didn't really have a standout wide receiver, and Murray was a a rookie developing, it wasn't the offense they would really want to run. In those first couple of weeks where all the passes were to the Hopkins, which was fun for Hopkins owners like ourselves, but in terms of the offense as a whole, again, not exactly the way that they wanted to run. What we've seen these last couple of weeks, even with DeAndre Hopkins limited with that ankle injury, which they kind of made sound like is more significant than people realize, and that he was actually a little bit questionable now. the plays that he made in week seven if that's questionable then you know very exciting to see what happens when he comes back after the bye hopefully closer to 100 percent. but this offense now i think what the cardinals want to do they have a solid defense this is an exciting team as we look toward potentially this year's playoffs and then the future and this nfc west which is just the best and most electric division in football
0: Yeah, and for for years, too, you know, the NFC West was that kind of, you know, it was the the division nobody wanted to watch. But at the moment, it's just it's must-see just how good the teams are. And, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, sometimes when you're watching him in those first three or four weeks, it wasn't that great of overall quarterback play but in terms of fantasy production he just kept getting those points over and over and now he's starting to add that efficiency to the game as well and with Hopkins somebody a bit like Devontae Adams in that similar way where they can they can really hurt you deep and they can really hurt you in those shorter passes as well and that's something that you see with both Hopkins and Adams that you don't see as much that dynamic with a lot of the other number one wide receivers in the NFL where a lot of Hopkins passes are going to be Short passes, but then there's those deep ones too. But you have to cover him from both sides, and that opens up the things then for the likes of Christian Kirk. But uh really, really exciting game uh, against the Seahawks this past week, and, and looking forward to see uh, if he can be 100 healthy after this upcoming buy. And every time I talk about Hopkins, I just wonder about that trade uh, from the from the Texans to, to move him to Arizona, which just looks like an all time bargain at the, at this point. Uh, the other team, Sean, that you had mentioned here as a, as a thought. Um, and who could, uh, you know, rival those kind of teams uh, moving forward? And that is the the Falcons. Um, obviously, Calvin Ridley having a big season, twenty eight points uh, above expectation, and then Julio Jones twenty five. And Julio had the kind of rocky start to the season. Had me kind of doubting if Julio can be Julio moving forward, but uh, he's had a couple of big bounce back games uh, since that. The other wide receivers on this offense kind of not not as positive to, to look at obviously there was talking into the season about players like Russell Gage, and that and we'll have those games here and there make plays here and there but it really is going to run through those two wide receivers They're number three and passes per 60 number four in PPR number four in targets and then number four and receiving efficiency uh, or receiving expected points to wide receivers um what what's your thoughts there like the, the team is just uh they're going to keep giving up points so they're going to keep having to score points uh to have any sort of success it's i feel bad for falcons fans at this stage it's just like every week they find another way to lose a game this week as you mentioned with the the todd Gurley uh, touchdown that he he tried to pull up and still managed to get in the end zone so the falcons are probably going to have that storyline for the rest of the season um which probably bodes well for calvin ridley and julio jones
2: I think it bodes well. I also think it bodes well that this team has a good leader in Matt Ryan. I think they're going to continue to uh, try and overcome what's happened to them as opposed to collapse. I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. We know that this offense can support both of those guys, right? This isn't an offense where you have to choose one or the other or where eventually the passing numbers are going to drop and they're not going to be at the top of the leaderboards. They're going to be there. And So when you see what they're doing from a volume perspective, what they're doing from an efficiency perspective, and as you mentioned, they're going to continue to give up points. That's one of the things I like about all of these teams toward the top. The Bills are a little bit of a stealth team, ranking number three, and expected points to wide receivers and very low to the tight ends. So are the Texans with Cobb and Cooks kind of coming along to join Fuller there. And so when we look at the Bengals, Falcons, Seahawks, Bills, Texans, the Cowboys, those teams are all easy to pass against leading to future shootouts. The one team that also shows up but might be a little bit more questionable, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because of the stronger defense, they may not need to do as much. Now, they were in this big shootout with the Titans on Sunday, but they're not going to play the Titans every week. That already we saw the snap numbers crater for chase claypool that was a little bit of an odd decision considering how dominant he had been juju smith schuster having a little bit stronger game maybe not uh, someone who's going to be forced to retire from the nfl next week when we look at these teams who are going to continue to play in shootouts based on what they do as passing teams and what they allow in the passing games themselves those are the teams that we want to focus on
0: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that's what makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half more times likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a $75 free credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now. It is once again Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. So, Sean, uh, after last week, obviously, I forgot to get us some uh, guest suggestions for the suggestion segment, which... uh... It's not good when you have a guest suggestion segment. But this week, thankfully, I remembered to, to tweet it out. I tweeted it out quite early in the week, so we got some suggestions coming our way. I've picked a, a couple of the best ones here uh, to come in. I guess we'll start off with uh, our guy Neil Dutton, um, you know, our, our tight end guru here at, at Rotoviz. But he, he he tweeted out that his favorite book of all time is called Three Men in a Boat, and he said, get it read. So uh, I hadn't heard of the book. I don't know if you he- had heard of it, so I had to jump on to, to Wikipedia uh, to, to get a check of it. So it's, it's published since 19, or 1889 rather, so 100 years before I was born. Uh, but it's a humorous account of an English writer uh, called Jerome K. Jerome um, for a two-week uh, boating holiday in the Thames from Kingston upon Times to Oxford and back to Kingston again. So I haven't read this book. Um, Sean, have you had a chance to read it? But it's it's one that, that Dutton uh, is, is recommending highly here.
2: I haven't for for American audiences, Column. Can you? Is there any extra insight that you have for us? Uh, to the this sounds like something that might be uh, Great Britain flavored. What, what should we be looking at in, in terms of this kind of book?
0: It actually says in it that the, the book was intended to, re- to be a, a serious travel guide uh, with accounts of local history along the route, um, but the humorous elements kind of overtook it. So it might be uh, a little bit more of a, a kind of a, a satire rather than an intended uh, kind of comedy to, to read around, but it's... a. Uh, what's interesting what i've noticed just from looking through it (laughs) here in terms of the synopsis is i always find it humorous when somebody's first and last name are the same so i don't know if that's uh, something that happens often uh in the u.s but like it is something that you'll see sometimes in ireland or england where like this guy's name is jerome k jerome so his first and last name is jerome um so sometimes i wonder like where People's thinking was when we're like, well, our our second name's Jerome, so what do we call our our child? Oh, let's call him the same thing as our our second name. So I always find that humorous. But um I think boating in the UK and Ireland would probably be uh, much. It wouldn't be as popular now, but like, there's a lot of kind of inland rivers and in that uh, you know where people can go on kind of boating excursions. There's a lot more water, obviously surrounding us because of it. Uh, basically, being two islands. Um, Ireland obviously being a smaller one than the uk but um so i think those kind of stories of people going on boat and holidays probably relate to people um and that route but i think i might have to check this out because i always love those kind of stories that are unintentionally Funny, uh, so this this sounds like and and if, if anyone uh, knows Neil and knows his kind of his style, that that is kind of Neil's uh, area that he likes to he likes to stay in. So one that one that I am going to have to check out. So it, it's basically over time, it feels like one of those kind of cult classics uh, of a film where you know it's so bad that over time it becomes amazing uh, and hilarious. So uh, that, that's my understanding of it, but I am sure Neil will will be tweeting me quite soon to tell me that I am completely wrong. The other the other tweet that I that I got in, Sean and this is one I have to put straight to you. It was uh, Salvatore Stefanale uh, tweeted. I tweeted out the tweet for the recommendations. His reply was, "Can Sean retweet this tweet? So, uh, is is there ever a chance that the the Twitter uh, the Twitter sees Sean Siegel back there again?"
2: I, I, well, there's always a chance, right? But I don't know if it's if it's more of a a dumb and dumber sort of chance, or a <laughs> Falcons will lose a game that they have one kind of chance. Which you know that one would would actually be pretty pretty decent. No, if if you want to uh, have access to to what we're doing, then then you know listen to the show, go on the site there, and I think the absence of the tweet makes it a little bit more fun than to come on the show but that's where we are currently we had a couple of of interesting recommendations that you listed here we have the sorkin netflix movie the chicago seven and we have medici masters of florence both of those things uh some netflix content colin putting you on the spot uh the first from will the second from release the kraken what's what's the best aaron sorkin
0: i'm going to kind of go for an older one and a newer one uh well newer this is kind of where you start to show your age when 20 2011 feels like a newer one but uh a few good men is a film that i really enjoyed and obviously we have the the all-time classic line in it as well all the way back to tom cruise and jack uh, nicholson so it would be one that i was only three years old when it came out but i've watched it a number of times i have it on on dvd um and it's one that i really i really enjoyed if people haven't seen that i would check that one out but the one that i think for me that i've watched most over the last couple of years and i I think it's a really good film uh, if you're a sports fan that's moneyball um I, i really enjoyed it you know the story of it just the there's so many parts of it whether it's actually go into sport or go into just like your own life of what you could add in as different elements, which I, I really enjoyed. And I just thought it was a, a good story overall. So I would go Moneyball. I'm I'm a real sucker for those sports films, <laughs> even if the sports films usually aren't as good as you know your, your other kind of standout classics. But I, I really enjoyed Moneyball. Was was Moneyball one that, that you like?
2: Yeah, I think I would choose that. I was going to ask uh, you to pick the social network or moneyball i'm glad that moneyball is one that you selected unprompted there the social network i think one of the no um, i
0: liked it that was good too
2: I, i'm going to take a different uh, <laughs> route on that one and, and say that the social network is what i could have done without and not not excited about a potential sequel there are a few good men i strenuously object i think that's not the line that you were referring to but but a fantastic movie there so uh, for anyone interested in the Chicago 7, Will recommends it. Medici Masters of Florence. That's one that I see on there and uh, have passed over, but I need some more Netflix right now, mostly watching foreign uh, sort of historical fantasy types of shows, which uh, can be fun in, the, in, in their own right. But but looking at that, it, with the mention of Medici there, I do have to throw out that one of the Shows that probably will make the recommendations uh, in one of the weeks coming forward is Da Vinci's Demons, which is sort of a both serious and silly former stars show. I think that you can get at some other places at this point, but definitely historical fiction. You have magic to go with the science. You have Da Vinci in the New World at one point. You have Dracula, basically uh, factoring in there and so a lot going on a lot of silliness but uh, this this weird dynamic where the show is also uh, very intense at a number of places so you know check that out if you're looking for more uh, content featuring florence i know that when you come to Rotoviz o- over time you're probably thinking you know what historical shows <laughs> Florence uh, should i be watching if that is your question that is another direction you can go
0: yeah and i'm gonna hit you with uh, one other one uh, have you seen molly's game I, I i actually really enjoyed that one um you can probably get me out on the social network as well it was 2010 so i'll, I'll use the excuse that maybe i've matured over the last 10 years and maybe if i rewatched it, it wouldn't be as good
2: Uh, i'll have to check on that because jessica chastain obviously fantastic i have not seen that particular one lots of of good in the west wing and the newsroom along with a lot of parts that a different editor probably would have taken out made it a little bit less uh, melodramatic but yeah aaron sorkin definitely an unusual voice and and someone who's contributed lots of of great lines and uh, lots of intensity to to the culture and so Glad to see that Chicago 7 is getting uh, such good word of mouth.
0: But that's going to do it for today's. Uh, obviously, keep those suggestions coming in. You can send them my way on Twitter, obviously, or you can send them in at road of his radio at gmail.com. Um, and until again, we're going to be back next week. We do appreciate all the, the written and reviews that you leave on your favorite podcast app. Helps keep growing our audience here at Rotavis Overtime. Helps us at Rotavis Radio as well. Uh, thanks again to Dave Caban for his clip, uh, sending it in earlier in the show that we reacted to. Obviously, you can follow Dave on Twitter at Dave F FF. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And uh, as always, check out Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. So until we're back with another episode uh, early next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on RotoViz Radio. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz with a discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to player, team, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head on over to BetOnline today to take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts.